and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I am not Tyler Rolison, aka T Roll. I am Justin Sandoval, also known as Sandy. Uh, yeah, T Roll and Shimato actually are both not here. I am actually joined by our good friend Tyler Sweat. T Sweat, uh, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. Going good. Glad to be here. Uh, the room feels empty, even yeah, though we're, we're recording this on Zoom. Um, yeah, we are on Zoom. Glad to, glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, Tyler is just a busy man these days. Uh, he was only able mm. to get in uh, a What If episode, which if you uh, tune in to our uh, page, you'll see that our What If episode is posted. Um, but uh, And Shimato, he got like some sort of stomach bug when he was supposed to go to the James Bond No Time to Die premiere. And uh, was able, unable to watch this movie. Uh, but T-Sweat and myself mm. uh, are here to talk about 007 himself. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, we, we actually, we did it big. We went uh, on actual IMAX scre- screen. We saw the movie in IMAX, big things, uh, opening night premiere. We got home at like 2 a.m. Uh, craziness. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a late it was night. So good. Sure. I can definitely tell, dude, you were losing <laughs> it towards the end, man. Towards the end, like oh, yeah, it was, it was home, a little late. Drive home, it was you were you were on the downside <laughs> big time. Well, you know, I, I didn't know until actually you mentioned this right before we went into the movie that it was a two hour. Was it two hours and 47 minutes? Two hours Is and 40, right? 43 minutes. Yeah, it was. It's insane. 43 long. minutes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Well, we well we stay also stayed for the, all of the credits because we're we're paranoid now because Marvel always has these in credit things and um, so you never know if you're going to get a look at what's next or a look at what's uh, what's going to happen. So right. um, we we did stay that that those few extra minutes, but uh, no, I, I will say right off the bat it was well worth it, well worth the uh, the night. Not just for getting to hang out with a good buddy, but seeing a great movie. Yeah, and it, it truly was a, g- a good movie. Um, I mean, we'll go into our just uh, general reactions here, and I would say that uh, it, it, it was great. It was honestly, I mean, Daniel Daniel Craig's character and him as 007, it, like, it went out on a high. It wasn't like, it didn't fizzle out. It didn't, uh, it didn't, yeah. uh, wasn't flat or, or anything like that, like uh, previous movies or Quantum of Solace. Uh, but uh <laughs> it was definitely one of his best best performances and potentially one of the better 007 movies period mm, wow that's high praise yeah um bold, bold, bold. but i have to say i have to say i agree um i i really enjoyed the movie start to finish um i felt like it was and for its long runtime obviously i was glad that it didn't feel like it uh dragged at any point like i didn't feel like i was like lost from the story or anything like that. Uh, it didn't feel too uh, fast paced either. It didn't feel too like cut together, um, you know, very choppy as uh, some, some movies can do. And this, th- that particular genre too, I know a lot of like old bonds film styles are like kind of cut together scenes, but this one, this one felt well ed- edited, well put together. Well, um, just, just great acting as well um loved every character the some of the new new characters we saw um some of the, the callbacks that, that were brought in there as well um yeah it was it was a great ending to to his stint as as james bond and uh yeah i was glad they, they had a good send-off for him 
Yeah, agreed. And, and quite a send off it was. And uh, I think this is a perfect transition to go into spoilers. So uh, this is mm-hmm. your one spoiler warning you are going to get. And uh, moving forward into that, uh, let me just go ahead and remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the pod um, at Royal Geek Podcast on Twitter as well. So, um, all right, spoilers. All right. So obviously, I mean, do we want to start at the end or do we want to, <laughs> do we want to work our way through? because <laughs> the ending well, was quite, uh, yeah, quite obviously, a statement yeah 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 that definitely lets us know uh this is the end of daniel craig's james bond yeah, there's, um, there's no doubt about that uh for sure no doubt like there's no yeah there's no secret ending where you even mentioned that kind of leaving the theater that you thought maybe he would like dive into the water last second but uh but no, no, he uh, he exploded. So that's yeah. uh, so unfortunate. <laughs> Dan- Daniel Craig's James Bond. He he is dead. Literally, he is he's dead. Yes. Uh, the camera made or the director made a conscious decision with the camera to leave it on Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. James Bond on the top of the tower. And literally yep. the missiles hit like right in front of him. Like, it just kind of engulfs. Yes. Him, yeah it stays on him the entire time. And he's, you're right, engulfed in flames. And I have no doubts yep. that, that he's dead. Like that's <laughs> dead, right? dead, dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I've seen, um, we'll, we'll talk more about some of the, the, the pushback that the movie's getting from, from other public opinions and even from critics. But um, I, I thought that the ending, you know, not to jump the gun on, on the whole review, but I thought it was a good a good way to end it, especially with the way they led up the story uh, to that point. Um, I felt like it was it was the way to go um, for sure. So I didn't feel like we were slighted by that. I mean, obviously, we're just going to get a reboot anyway. So obviously, we're not right. going to be like, but wait, James Bond's dead. No, obviously, that's not how this works. Yeah, no, uh, there's there's going to be a new a new actor, a new James Bond that's going to come out sometime in the next few years. Um, Which, as we saw at the end of yeah, the credits, the end of the credits say, yeah, there it was James Bond will return yeah, at the end of the credits. will return. So, so, so um, but just not Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and like rewind back now and head towards the, the beginning of this movie. And uh, mm-hmm. we, I mean, it's, it's very peaceful. He's with um, Madeline and they are, they're living that life. Like, you know, like they are traveling, yeah, they retirement. are retirement. Yeah, they're in retirement and they're having a good time. And you can tell, like, like this is it. Like, uh, James Bond, he's he's in love. He's happy. Um, mm-hmm. But he has some things he's need, he needs to let go. And they're in the process yeah. of letting letting this go. Uh, but obviously, the past always catches up to you. And, and uh, mm-hmm. James, James Bond is involved in some very, very heavy stuff in his past. And Spectre yep. was... Uh, James Bond left the M- MI6 with Spectre still being an active force and it, it cut up to him here. He was there uh, in, I believe, was it Italy? I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I believe, yeah, I believe it was Italy. It was uh, one thing that I, I've loved too, about these, like, uh, well, really all, all of James Bond, uh, his, you know, history, uh, but also now like they're just some beautiful locations that they bring yes. in to, oh, uh, man. to yeah. these movies. And like, this movie, I felt like really up that a notch. Like it was just, the locations that they chose for this film were incredible. Yeah. And like a part of me was watching that, that whole scene in Italy where I was like, this can't be a real place. Cause this looks like too incredible. Like I was like, yeah. is this yeah. a set somewhere? This is like made up. This is someplace that is uh, no way obtainable to me at all for sure. 
Um, but right. I, it is, it obviously it is, it's on location somewhere. And, uh, uh, so anyway, so his character is like saying goodbye to, uh, uh, Vesper, Vesper's, uh, grave. He's mm-hmm. not there and Spectre legitimately like blows that up and then completely, uh, goes after his girl and goes after him and they do this crazy fight scene going on there in Italy. And then it, it causes James Bond to, not trust Madeline and or Madeline or yeah. whatever, however you want to say her name. Um, Madeline, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, she gets sent off on a train somewhere, and then they do a five-year time jump. And uh, right, this I thought, was yeah, key, uh, one key thing, a story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I really thought that sequence was really well done. I almost felt like they they held it out uh, just a little. Uh, a little long, which was good. I say that in a good way. Like it didn't feel like, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect that uh, tomb to explode at all. Oh, no, um, not like, at I didn't all, think no. that was, I, I knew, I knew at some point, like this wasn't just going to be like, you know, James Bond in retirement, the whole movie, obviously there's going to be some action that jumps in at some point. Uh, but they got me with that. Honestly, like I didn't, I thought yeah. he was going to be able to like say goodbye, then they were going to be off and then they would somehow be intercepted at that point. Um, but that was, um, that was a really great moment to, to kind of bring in the action. And you're right. Like one of the things right off the bat, they, they introduced like really great action and a, and a great chase scene right off the bat, which I love. Like that's one of the things I love about James Bond is like the, the cool cars and the, uh, the chase gadgets. scenes. Yeah, those are, those are my too, favorites. Yeah. The gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we got all, we got literally like everything that James Bond is known for. Like, I mean, you get the gadgets, the villains, you get like, we, we saw Cyclops, I guess is what they call him throughout the thing. The guy with the uh, fake eye. Yep. Uh, we get with the, the, yeah, the, with the robotic yeah, eye. Yeah. We get the, the henchman villain. There's always that henchman villain behind the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the yep. master. Right. Um, right. And we get yeah, the right. cool cars and obviously the girl as well. Um, so, but then like you get this five-year time jump, which I feel like, I said it was I said it was key moments ago because we see a bond that is uh, he's he's well into his quote unquote retirement, which now is is kind of like he doesn't really know what he's on like he's doing like he he still he still misses the love of his life like that that type of deal. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's he's out here on an island and he is living his life uh, so to so to say and uh, right. It's just you can tell that he is not himself. He's not in his right uh, mm-hmm. mi- mindset, and uh, he gets right. kind of brought back into the world. Is what we get introduced to in the the following scenes. Yeah, yeah. One thing I know that uh, is interesting about this particular uh, run of James Bond, um, and Daniel Craig actually talked about this in an interview about this particular movie. Um, that one of the things they tried to do with this particular run is that they tried to give him some like deeply rooted relationships with, with women that were not just like these flighty, you know, he, he would sleep with a bunch of women throughout his mission. Uh, but rather he had, he kind of had these, like, like he deeply loved the women that he was involved with throughout the, this, this, uh, run of movies. So, um, and I think, I think it's good. I think that's a good development, obviously given the day we're in and given the, um, you know, societal kind of viewpoint of, of those type of those type of things. Oh, um, yeah. I think it was sure. good to kind of give give James Bond a more mature view of like relationships and how, how he views, you know. But, yeah, I think you're right. It kind of we saw uh, almost an incomplete kind of James Bond. Like he 
Right. He was, you know, kind of living on, on the island, living his life, but he wasn't really like, you know, fulfilled. He was just kind of, he was in hiding, but also he's, you know, obviously missing, missing his, uh, as we see that the relationship redeveloped kind of through the movie, but uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool to, to kind of see them play with that. Yeah. And uh, I love that you bring up the relationship aspect of it because not only is it with Madeline, but it's also, he, he gets uh, reintroduced here to, to uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, uh, Felix. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it, yes. I loved every interaction with Felix, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I, I leaned over to you in the, in the theater and I was like, the watchers, inter- uh, he's intervening. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, it, it's um, great, man. Like we've had a Jeffrey Wright kick for the last like nine, nine weeks with the uh, what if. Yeah. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's everywhere. Yeah. Of, of course. Um, Literally. And, yeah. And in James <laughs> Bond too, man. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, we get uh, a lot of great scenes with, uh, with Felix and uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he re- Felix has always he's existed in the Bond universe. He has, but I really truly believe that, like in the in this Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond era, like he really uh, solidified himself as like a, a a true player in this in this series. Yeah. And I, I've truly enjoyed it. Him and the 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 life that Jeffrey Wright brought to the character. It I don't know. It's it's just fun. They they play off each other so well. Um, it is almost like a like mm. kind of like a married couple almost. Like they they have that that type yeah. of uh, demeanor with each other. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, see, kind of the way that the story moves along. Obviously, Felix comes in, and um, you know he's he's bringing James onto a, uh, a CIA uh, mission. Which actually, I think there was a lot of uh, like. Um, MI6 was involved. Like they, they all have this different angle on this one particular um, story that develops. But um, so he, he's kind of become, he's retired from MI6, but now he's just this kind of um, for hire, you know, his friend comes out <laughs> yeah. and almost asks him like, I, I need a favor kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed those, those interactions. And uh, you could tell it was definitely more of like a, a friendship and um, right. Yeah. I, I do think that was a key part of this, film obviously it was an ending for all of of this james bond's relationships right like i think that was one of the things they did well in this movie is that they kind of like we said they they brought back key kind of characters for him to to interact with and um and even um uh you you got a a picture on the wall of um oh goodness the the actress judy 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 ditch yeah as in she was on the wall. Like, so I feel like they did a good job of that, like bringing back uh, some of those, some of those characters and giving him kind of a, an interaction with them, at least for, for, uh, you know, for a few minutes on screen until some crazy things happen. Exactly. (laughs) uh, Felix. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, the, the premise, the premise, the, the villainy, I guess I should say in the, in this movie, like Mm -hmm. the, the, a scientist goes missing who helped develop for Mm -hmm. MI6. I might, I need to add this in there for MI6. A weapon, yes. a weapon that was designed to uh, assassinate or terminate or destroy a spe- specific genetic code. So, for example, M was well aware yes. of this. And when the scientists went missing, it was like it, it's a big deal because this weapon is is one of the, the biggest weapons in, in history because uh, it's the perfect assassin. Like you can genetically code this yeah. weapon, nanobot weapon to a specific gene so for example in the the scene where um 
Felix recruits James Bond and they go to Cuba and they're in this uh, club where all of Spectre is present. And um, we see Blofeld is communicating to everybody through an eye because he's locked up over there in London. And uh, mm-hmm. in this party, the, the weapon is released, but the scientists that work for MI6, uh, he switched the data to where all of Spectre DNA was in this weapon where it was intentionally uh, supposed to be for James Bond. And so every Spectre member was uh, eliminated. And just watching that scene played out, it really made you think like, okay, this weapon falls into further hands. Like this is, this is quite deadly. And if this is actually like possible in our times today, like we're all screwed, man. Like this thing is insane. Like it wild. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was a unique kind of weapon. And, and the, the way that they they kind of developed that particular element of the story really was was great because the way that as you mentioned this was a weapon developed for MI6 and their idea was this is a weapon that's the a perfect shot every time you're not going to have civilian casualties because you've engineered this particular you know this particular fluid it looked kind of like a fluid but like they turned it into a gas you could either apply it in multiple different ways but you've engineered it specifically to take out one particular person's dna um yes. like it, it says okay this person um is, is is the intended target so you assign it to that person via their genetic code um and then uh, so that was really a unique type of weapon um but obviously that carries with it some some very uh grave implications because what we learn is like uh, the way that the the big bad of this movie is we'll talk about in a second um, they actually create it where it not only uh, affects the ones who it's originally intended for, but also those who carry the genetic code through uh, like through offspring, or if you have any relation to that person, you can also be infected by it. Right. So there yeah. are some, there are some things that, that are, that are not super fine tuned about it. Um, but yeah, so definitely, definitely a cool scene where they thought they had James Bond and they were like, they got him in the center ring and, release the gas and all of a sudden all these specter agents start just falling out with these like really nasty boils yeah and we we learned that like every specter member is completely assassinated except for blofeld because he is uh locked up in london he's he's locked up Yeah. yeah and so i mean just this movie overall man i feel like i feel like the 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 weapon was just terrifying enough to um to make us believe because like this stuff, I feel like this could happen in today's time and age when everything is like done behind a keyboard nowadays. Um, Like we're not worried about like hand to hand combat anymore. We're not worried about like going to war uh, that typical war style, like in like world war one or anything like that. Right. We we're worried about somebody hitting enter on a keyboard and a a missile launching Mm. going miles and miles away. So why not be able to pro program these nanobots, these small robots to um, destroy us. So, so yeah, so (laughs) bond helps Felix get to the scientist who developed this program, but then he encounters a a new character that is introduced and uh, she works for MI6 and she has the moniker of 007. So that was a that was an interesting dynamic to watch uh, James Bond interact with this new 007. Uh, yeah. what, did you, what did you think about that? Uh, um, one of the, the uh, funniest thing, I think they had a lot of, of funny interactions. Um, 
I think uh, one of the first lines that she said was like, uh, you, you, I guess you thought they would, would retire the number. Yes, but, she, did, uh, she did. And, and so you could tell she, she was trying to like get Hang under his skin yeah. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And it almost kind of assert her dominance, you know, like she was trying to come in and like, I mean, she's standing there with the infamous James Bond 007. Um, yet now I feel like almost she had to prove herself a little bit um, or a lot of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, really, uh, I, I, th- I thought that uh, that the new uh, 007, I believe her name was uh, Naomi uh, or Nomi in the uh, just her, her name. But um I think it was an interesting foil for uh, James Bond because again, she felt like she had something to prove. So they were often uh, fighting against each other as they're fighting the same common enemy as well um, earlier on in the movie. So that was definitely interesting. Um, And I I thought that was a a unique twist for them to bring in. Like what a, what a way for them to like almost create a tension for, for him as well. Cause like, you know, he's, he's moved on, but, but also they've moved on. You know, like they've kind of they've recruited other agents and they're going to keep doing their missions. And um, so, yeah, I thought that was a, a unique uh, a unique thing to bring into the story of like, OK, here's your new your new 007. Um, so Anna, what, what did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I enjoyed the uh, the aspect of uh, kind of harassing James Bond with the uh, hey, there's a there's a new 007, like you're replaceable type of deal. Like in all actuality, yeah, like as yeah. as the movie played out, we 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 slowly saw and unraveled like he's not irre- he's not replaceable. He's he's, mm, really, he's, yeah. he's actually irreplaceable because I mean, right, like right. even even the first scene where he goes to MI6 headquarters and he's walking to M's office with the new 007 uh they're having some uh, mm-hmm. witty banner back and forth and uh money penny's like okay he'll see you now and uh, uh the double the new, new 007 goes walking into the room and she's like no no it, james J- you can go in just then, yeah just yeah, him just just him and then he closes the door on her face while staring at her like so i mean there's obviously that i mean it was one i mean that was wonderful to watch play out and uh mm-hmm. just to see I mean, it is James Bond. Like you, you just can't come in, get get assigned a number, and take over. Like he obviously has right. uh, that that type of uh, magnitude associated with him. So um, yeah, but yeah, we we did get a lot of interaction between them. We did like he teamed up with her uh, throughout the rest of the movie. Um, used her as a resource, and she used him as a resource. Um, but yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, like she her character i mean kind of didn't need to be there like do you agree like i feel like she was Mm. just there to kind of to spark uh angst against james bond right yeah yeah man i i think that uh well she did that's kind of true rephrase that she did a great job i enjoyed yeah right Uh, yeah but for the most part i don't know i don't know like i feel like the character wasn't needed yeah, like well, for for all of what I said about, I think it was it was unique as far as like a, a foil for James Bond, and also for kind of a a way to add on, you know, that type of dynamic of like, okay, you've been replaced, you know, and then right, of course yeah. later in the movie they do kind of the they they you know, she resigns that number and, and it requests for him to be reinstated as 007, which again kind of was a cool thing, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know as far as like the necessity of her her character, it you know kind of felt. A little bit kind of she was for kind of forced in you know yeah, uh-huh. maybe for all those that want james bond to be a woman you got to see your your uh lady 007 <laughs> you know kind of thing yeah, she did um, cool but I, I thought she really did 
she did. Yeah, she was fantastic. And and but I do think yeah, it was kind of like a an unnecessary character, unless you know, of course, it did give them a way to to like have you know, the show the MI six relationship to the mission. But for the majority of the action, like uh, other than the the one scene where she's introduced, um, it, it was just obviously it's still a James Bond movie. So um, I don't think she really like developed the story all that much. But other than creating that kind of like oh, you know, now now I'm 007 and right. making some of those more like humorous moments happen, which, you know, I, I think it's fine. Which I, I, you know, honestly those, with the... She didn't take the, away from the story. I'll say no, that. No, no, no. She, didn't she definitely didn't take story. away. But I will say with like with the intensity of the storyline, she did add a lot of the humorous aspect of it, which was mm-hmm. needed. Yeah. Honestly, it was needed or else yeah, it would have been a really heavy movie. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Very. Oh, very. for sure. So, like I mentioned, like this, all the stuff is uh, happening of a five-year time jump when he has not seen Madeline anymore, and uh, he learns through MI6 that uh, Blofeld, the only uh, person who is allowed to see him in in his prison confinement, is uh, Madeline Swan, uh, and so yeah. or yeah, she's yeah. the only person he'll talk to. Yeah. Oh, yes. There we go. Only person he'll yeah. talk to. And so she's a psychiatrist and that is the only person that Blofeld will talk to. So, of course, Bond has to be reintroduced to her uh, and to his see, lady. Yeah, his lady, his his love. And uh, they they go together to Blofeld to uh, figure out what is going on, which. Uh, the main villain of the movie has a strong connection to uh, mm. Madeline Swan. Uh, we do get yep. a little uh, backstory about uh, Madeline in the beginning of the movie uh, where uh, her, her father, uh, Mr. White uh, killed a, a certain uh, person's family, entire family. Um, and yep. he comes back for her and his, uh, her mom to get back at Mr. White. And uh he ends up letting her live and they have this uh, this moment where she is trapped under the ice. Um, it's, it's a really good scene. I really enjoyed that flashback yeah. scene. Yeah, it, it really felt like it was uh, taking us, I don't know, kind of out of the this is like spy espionage. And it kind of gave us that like thriller kind of horror aspect of it, which was was kind of cool. Right. To see. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was a good. Yeah. One of the it. so I'll say one of the things to note in that first sequence uh, the particular person that was coming after uh, the family was wearing a mask that later is, it plays a kind of an important role for Madeline to know who she's dealing with later. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that would, that did give kind of a creepy vibe to to that initial, that initial sequence. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he spares her life and then, and then later on uh, we, we, he's revealed to be the overall arching villain here. And uh, he uses this uh, nanobite, or sorry, nanobot uh, technology, and uh, gets mm-hmm. Madeline to place the uh, Blofeld DNA nanobot weapon on herself, and she is going to. She's tasked with killing Blofeld for Remy Malik's uh, character, which is a uh, Cipher, I believe, right? Cipher, uh, Lu- Lucifer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lucifer Cipher, uh, which is a interesting name for sure. But uh, he, his character, yeah. was really good. It was, he was he truly was. Uh, Malik did a Sa- great job. Yeah, Luce, Luce, Lucifer. Yeah, Safin. Saf- yes, there you go. Safin or something. Yeah, this was, yeah. was a hard hard to pronounce. But yeah, um, 
So that was interesting too, that, you know, of course this weapon that's been we introduced throughout this, the, uh, the movie so far, um, this targeting specific targeting weapon, it's taken out everyone in the specter uh, regime, except for this one person. And so that's what Robbie Malik's character comes in to say, Hey, you're the only one he'll see. So take this, you know, and she wears it in the form of a perfume um, to go into the cell to talk to him and ultimately take him out. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how like he tasked her with doing it, but then obviously like her mm-hmm. and Bond go in the room together, and uh, yeah. they obviously they have a disconnect because they haven't seen each other in five years, and things were not left on good terms with them, and so right. like Blofeld's in the room, and he's literally like watching uh, this relationship counseling go uh, to, uh, take place, <laughs> and he's sitting there, yeah. uh, and they're arguing, and then like he can tell something's wrong with her because she doesn't want to kill this guy. But like, she knows that if she she's tasked with doing something uh, and it involves, it's most likely going to involve death and um, she's freaking out and she, she's trying to leave. And then bond like grabs her wrist. And like, you can tell like with the way the camera was facing and, and you're like, everyone's yeah. like you're zoomed in on the wrist and bond holding her wrist where she sprayed the perfume. She leaves and then bond and Blofeld like, the entire Spectre movie, um, we had this uh, build up to a Blofeld Bond interaction, and then it kind of like did not live up to the hype at the end of Spectre. But the Blofeld Bond mm-hmm. interaction in this movie that we got in this jail cell scene was amazing. Like Christoph Waltz and Daniel Craig did a such yes. amazing job going back and forth in this scene. And I, I truly felt like this this is this is the interaction and the chemistry that we were supposed to get at the end of Spectre movie. Like th- th- it was top notch for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was a really, really great scene. I mean, obviously um, there was a lot of, uh, you could tell Blofeld was trying to really dig in under the skin of, of uh, bond and trying to get in and it kind of worked. Like he kind of snapped, right. He, uh, yeah, it almost looked like right? he was yeah. off the hinges a little bit, which that, that kind of threw me off, you know, off guard. I'm like, okay, James Bond's supposed to be this, you know, calm, cool, collected, like he's always in control, whatever. But he he kind of he had a moment of of weakness. It it seemed like this, like he really uh, let his guard down and and uh, tried to kill him, tried to you know, and, and ultimately didn't kill him the way he intended to kill him, <laughs> right? But because he because he grabbed Madeline's arm, he uh, which I, this was something I, I didn't really get until later in the movie when they explained it, that these nanobots actually transfer into, uh, you know, into the person by contact. So like um, when Madeline or when James, James Bond grabbed Madeline's arm, he kind of received those nanobot, you know, parasites into his, like into his being that then transferred to Blofeld when they touched so it's not just a surface contact thing like it becomes part of him which is very key for for later in the movie but um yeah that uh that at first i didn't really kind of get like obviously i thought it was just like skin to skin contact but then they explained like no that that junk seeps into your like to your bloodstream down to your like uh almost down to your your dna becomes part of like the weapon yeah which is wild it is very wild. And you know what? I just I just realized something. I realized we blew past something that was so so crazy, so epic. The reason that Rami Malek's character uh, has the, the virus 
is because the scientists got away from Felix and James Bond on the boat. And the reason that he got away was because Felix mm. was shot and killed on a boat in the ocean. Uh, yeah, we totally skipped past. Yeah. So Felix oh. is dead. And I am having all the feels just uh, remembering that. And it, it, it honestly, oh. I, I was brought to te- almost to tears, almost tears on the yeah. verge uh, in the movie, watching uh, Bond and Felix interact in the, the sinking ship of uh felix's uh end yeah oh i can't i can't believe we forgot to, to mention him and actually we we've missed a, a key part as well with uh the logan ash character that kind of connects um you know he he's the one that, that steals away the scientists yeah uh, he, gets uh, he actually because he's hands of uh of yeah cypher so soften yeah yeah so um but yeah that was a that was a gut-wrenching scene for sure because Obviously, they'd been betrayed by Ash, and um, it, yeah, that was just one of those like the boat is sinking, and and obviously, uh, James Bond is trying to do everything he can to save his friend, and and you know, they kind of have that moment where he's like, you know, just just leave me here, you know, just this is this is the end of the road kind of thing. So that was um, yeah, that was it definitely gut wrenching. Oh yeah, it was it was it was a first of uh, a few scenes that really just tug on the heartstrings for sure um which again was uh kind of giving uh you know obviously they were using this movie as as not not just a like an ending to this particular um series but like truly an ending to to a lot of the main characters and a lot of the ones we've seen um like that they they gave everyone you know a rather uh a good send-off i think although like you said it was kind of uh kind of sad and, and gut, gut-wrenching so yeah for sure for sure but uh but yeah so that that's the reason why the weapon is in the hands of uh siphon for sure um so madeline drops like a hint and says like i'm going home to to bond when he says where are you going mm-hmm. and uh yeah <laughs> And so he he then later on like they they need to find um what find out what's going on like what's what's Madeline's secret because she has one and uh the secret that Bond does not know is that like she knows the the villain of this whole entire thing and uh so he ends up going back to her home where everything started for her and uh we get introduced to another character who is a a child she appears to be bond's child but is quickly told by madeline that it's not his child but then uh spoilers mm. for, the, for the end here that oh wait a minute it actually is his child and uh so yeah, so yeah. we get we get that uh that run around which i feel like they should have just she should have just told bond right then and there that it was his child like i don't i don't i don't get why she kept that a secret yeah uh, other than like i wondered if she knew that like that would affect his decision making like the way he just you know i mean obviously you can already see a sense of care and i think he knows because he looks in her eyes and she has these bright blue eyes big blue like daniel craig has so um or excuse me like james bond has so i think he already obviously had his had the suspicions um because they been apart for five years she's about five years old and um 
you know, it obviously set that up. But I think she said that for, you know, kind of um, in the moment, she didn't want to either have that conversation with him or there were still a lot of other things that had to be settled between them um, relationally. Uh, but also, yeah, I think it, it would have, have kind of um, affected his decision-making in those earlier moments um, yeah. as well. You know, yeah. For him to know that. But I will say like, this scene overall, like it gave us, a, it gave me, well, personally, it gave me a scene that I didn't know that I actually needed. And it was the scene of, uh, of daddy bond where he's making her breakfast <laughs> and he's, he's just, yeah. yeah, he's in the kitchen. Pa- Papa bond. Yeah. Papa bond, daddy bond. And, uh, he's, uh, he's playing dad for a moment here and he's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know I needed that, but I mean, you see a different side of the character, um, uh, of bond yeah. and, uh, he, he's, I mean, he has that doubt that that's get uh, skepticalness in his eyes. Of, mm-hmm. Like, is this my daughter type of deal? And uh, yeah, that's where you truly like, like, okay, he gets it. He knows it is, but he's not going to say anything about it. Um, but uh, that, that moment of playing dad is uh, definitely brought to an end when he realizes that they're coming for them. <laughs> and then, mm. so I, I mentioned this uh, when we saw the movie, but it's amazing how much the stakes change when you when you enter a child into the storyline. Like now yes. that there's this child here, I feel like the stakes go from okay, this is this is pretty terrifying to like holy crap, nothing better happened to this 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 child in this scenario. Like it's it's yes crazy. Yeah, like that. That's so true because I mean, obviously we've had um, other action movies and obviously uh, James Bond movies where the target is the entire world. And that's pretty much what we got in this story was like, right. Yeah. The, the, the main villain is weaponizing or using this weapon that was created for very specific targeted attacks to actually take out larger uh, chunks of people. And they even mentioned like uh, they could take out specific ethnicities if they wanted to, like, you know, that was kind of a a scary, like the, the really the, the main kind of uh, stakes were this world, you know, the world could be, uh, drastically affected by this weapon, but you're absolutely right. Once they introduce the kid, you're like, you better not do anything to that yeah, kid. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That little girl better be safe and sound at the, you know, um, that oh. is funny how that, how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, especially like for me, like, like me being a father, like anytime you add like a, the, the child aspect of it, like now, like I, I get it. Like it's huge. Like it's, it's a, sure. He's yeah. trying to destroy the world, but like, <laughs> trying to bring a kid into this as well like any focal point of the storyline here and like it, it hits you harder mm-hmm. than it probably than it probably should yeah. be able to do. um but yeah so they actually get captured and bond has to team up with the new 007 to get them back and save the world yep. uh so the i thought this whole entire ending sequence starting from uh when they drop out of the airplane and to the conclusion is honestly I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it here is i believe it's like perfection it, from mm. from character interactions to uh conversations with the the villain and conversations yes. um throughout the between 007 and and uh james bond um everything from there it hit on all cylinders the action was at its peak um it, uh, yeah gadgets were at its peak like everything was like amazing in this this last sequence from the plane drop until the end uh that, i mean that's just my opinion like i mean i don't know how, how do you feel on that one 
Um, I, I would have to say I agree. I mean, I felt like the whole movie was was fantastic. But yes, that the the last sequence as far as um the action to um one of my favorite things uh was one of the the gadgets that that Bond was given were the uh, was the watch that could yeah, basically did you know affect local what do they say um it was like local hardwired um electrical circuits basically like could could dis- disable right, those yeah, and it was yeah. used a couple of times but the one of the best times it was used was in this kind of end fighting sequence was with cyclops with the or, or the the one eyed guy with the, yeah, the mechanical eye oh, one of the God. best deaths i think he had him in a headlock and used the watch to blow up his brain uh with using the you know, he, he short circuited the eye and blew it up and uh, of course it was followed by a fantastic joke about how it blew his mind oh so, man that, uh, oh, that love, so I, oh yeah that that's like right, it, up your, yeah, so, right up your alley man those puns man oh absolutely yeah i love i love every bit of it um but yeah i, I totally agree with you like i didn't feel like there was a missed like beat um you know that there was anything that that felt like it was you know was out of place like i felt like the, the like you mentioned rami Malik as the villain was was not like understated but he was kind of like creepily um you know not he wasn't cartoony i think that was one of the things we talked about yeah yeah he wasn't, he wasn't like a typical cartoonish cheesy. yeah full-on cheesy yeah like past bond he, villains have been in the past yeah absolutely yeah he was like psychotic and creepy which I, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I did too. Especially like the the moments that they emphasized, like he had his hands on on the little girl's head, and she's like, he's like mm. twirling her hair. But yeah, like mm. talking to Bond and Madeline, like uh, very yeah. like I will I will do crazy things to your daughter. Like like it, it was wild, man. And he's just having this conversation, yeah. like and and, and uh, that it's, I mean it's twisted and it's psychotic and you really truly see the villainy in this character and it, and it continues to play out especially um i mean he has he has his poison garden and uh he's literally like the people working in his mind are like the water is poison like everything is poison so like he clearly yeah. is like there's something wrong with this guy for sure um right but i mean this this whole island base uh, I love, I mean, I, I love a good island base for James Bond. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been played out through many movies through the series. And right, right. Why not, why not have one more? There's always, and actually even what I think one of the, the, the greater kind of villain tropes throughout these movies was like an island base with like these missile launch doors. Yes, oh like, yes. That was kind <laughs> of like the, one that took me back to some of the older films where um, yeah, there's there's some missile that's going to launch. Of course, this one was launching this, you know, biohazardous, you know, toxin that was going to take over or uh, it's not toxin, but the nanobot stuff. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was really true. It kind of played to some old, um, you know, things that we should expect from from Bond villains and from that final kind of um, fight scene or for, from that final like resolution uh, arena but yeah that was it was right. really really well done yeah yeah and it all like leads to a fight between rami malik uh siphon and um bond and it was uh, obviously bond is more overpowering and physically superior i mean that's that's evident but he does get shot yeah. and uh so therefore it evens the, the match a little bit 
But something that's um, Rami Malek's character does um, is he breaks a vial that we were introduced to earlier, uh, just a few moments mm-hmm. earlier, that uh, he said to Madeline earlier in the movie that it was a uh, collateral, um, and just in case anybody tried anything funny, he had Madeline's DNA that he got from a strand of hair that uh, to program these nanobots that would... Uh, cause her and her daughter to die because it's it's fixated on the DNA uh, strand, and so in the fight with Bond, uh, Siphon uses that uses that to break against Bond's face, and therefore the nanobots that are targeted to kill Madeline and her bloodline, which would mean her daughter, mm. Uh, mm. is now on Bond. And this moment right here, I for me like was the emotional hit of all hits like the love yes. of his life is no longer in reach for him because mm-hmm. if he makes contact with her she will die the daughter his daughter will die like it it is right. it, it is truly a defeat of bond greater than any villain has ever put him through that's for sure yep um yeah and, and that was uh like you said the the kind of emotional toll that because like I, I know for me like and, I, and i'm sure this is the, the full intention of the like they didn't really obviously they, they didn't have to explain the implications of no, that like they, no, they spent the they whole didn't. movie they they spent the whole movie building up hey this stuff gets in your bloodstream and it's permanent and it like you'll always be a carrier of that you like so they really spent which i'm glad they did so it what it didn't end up with the villain having to monologue about right. well yes. now you know, wow. you know that's that's kind of been one of the like the, tropes, the, the yeah, weaknesses sure. of that the, yeah that, like the, you get the the uh, the monologue of the villain but um i think every every person paying attention to the movie like when that happens and you realize what happens you feel the weight of what actually has happened like yes. now because as we saw from the very beginning of the movie i think what he wants is to have that happy life with with his woman and now with his daughter right that he just met that he didn't really get to have much time with and now all of that's taken away but what from from rami the the um soften's character's perspective he said you know now we've both been cursed and we neither of us can have what we both want so you know his his deepest desire was to to live you know with madeline like he had this weird kind of creepy love for her too but he said if you can't have her i can't have her kind of thing uh you know that was kind of the, the the way i think he was going about it but yeah it was really um i think it it really gave the movie um a, a deeply sad i mean it's sad ending which i don't think people are used to with bond films you know what i mean like and then we'll get to some of the responses from people but uh what how did you feel about the way that it ended there like with, with yeah. that being a defeat of james bond on it honestly i th- i thought that could have been like uh the actual send off the bond like he has to live the rest of his life uh, with the knowing that he will never get that happy ending that he so desperately desires and he's destined to be mm-hmm. an, a- an agent the rest of his life because What's the point of settling down yeah. with even the, the person that you wanted to settle down with? You can't obtain anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like she she is no longer somebody you yeah. can uh, be with. And so I think it if it would right. have ended there, as far as as him living and being not being able to see her, like he literally could have gone on. And this is why he's an agent. This is why he is a 007, because 
the love of his life was taken away from him and he could never get it back. And so just let's just focus on the next mission and the next mission and the next mm-hmm. mission because there's nothing left to life than right. just that. So I would I would have been perfectly right. fine fine with that uh, ending there as uh, as as the main point. Mm. But they drive it just enough like further. They don't go too far, but it's just enough further. And he ends up uh, making the sacrifice to to get Madeline and his daughter off the island. And he makes a sacrifice as James Bond always does for the greater good of the people. And uh, he keeps right. the the, the right. bay bay doors open so the whole entire facility can be destroyed. And the only way he can yep. do that is if he did it manually, because obviously that's that's the way things go in movies. Right. Like there's not just right. Right. button you can override. Right. Uh, and then the yeah. whole entire base blows up and Bond's dead. Madeline's crying, holding her daughter mm. and uh, screen fades out. And we fade back in on a touching memorials uh, that M has thrown together with all the the valuable members like uh, Q and Money Penny. Mm-hmm um tanner yeah. right tanners were just randomly there as well <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and the new 007 um so yeah right. and they have a send-off and uh for for james bond and that's mm-hmm. it yeah and I, I liked how they uh they did it like they poured everyone uh, presumably a, a glass of scotch and yes, uh yes. They, they left one they they poured him one as well on the table and they all kind of gave him you know a cheers uh, yeah. Tapped the glass there at the end. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a, a very cool moment. They brought those those characters back together. Obviously, um, there there probably wouldn't be a public, you know, pomp, you know, this kind of no, yeah, huge right. celebration because he was a secret agent, right? He's this, yeah. uh, um, even though he was retired. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that was a cool little little thing for them to have there at the end. Like uh, they got to memorialize him but one of my favorite things was um you know the madeline and their daughter um driving you know through the mountains and she says let me let me tell you a story yeah let me tell you yes, about yeah. like like the the he, like his memory would live on obviously in, in his daughter and like she would know who who her dad was and so that's cool to know like obviously um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of gut wrenching. Like he's never going to get to have that happy ending, at least in this particular right. version of the, of the films, like this particular run. Um, and you know, which is, I, uh, you know, kind of heartbreaking, but I, th- yeah, go for it. You no, know, it's, it's funny. Like you mentioned like that, like, she's like, let me tell you a story. Like the way I kind of read into that two ways. Right. Like I read into that, like she says, let me tell you a story about James Bond. I believe, I don't think she says, let me tell you a story mm-hmm. about your father. I think she says James. Bond. Oh, okay. And so okay, yeah. the way the way I kind of took that is like the story that she's about to tell is kind of the the, the playing out of the James Bond universe. Like she's kind of like uh. telling James Bond's story uh, and to her daughter. Like and so they're playing back everything that could potentially or that had happened and what could potentially happen. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't know. I kind of took that as as that. Like, OK. Um, but I mean, obviously that's just like going maybe a little, a little too deep there, but yeah, yeah, I do think it is also memorializing her, uh, father, uh, James Bond and, um, living on through that way. But I kind of took it as like the series. They were kind of like, let me tell you a story yeah. about James Bond. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was interesting <laughs> the way they did that. Yeah. Um, 
Now, one of the other thoughts I had is uh, what if the next series is not actually James Bond at all, but it's so their daughter's name is Matilde. If they Matilde Bond, right. you know, she, she, <laughs> she kind of takes, takes the on mantle. the, the oh, yeah, takes the mantle. Um, yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was a good, a good ending. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the whole film. Yeah, I thought it was, agreed. like I said, the, the action was great. The, the you know gadgets and car scenes and all that kind of stuff that you would you would want hope to see uh was great um the only thing i was surprised by was actually after we left the theater we started looking up some of the reviews, the reviews. Yeah. apparently apparently a lot of people didn't like this movie yeah um, and uh you you mentioned a few of the reviews and most of them started off with like i'm a diehard or hardcore james bond fan mm-hmm. and uh they were they were complaining about how like deep and emotional these movies were and it wasn't like the movies of old. And yeah, I don't know, man. Like I feel like this movie had just the right amount of cheese and it had just the right amount of action mm-hmm. and, ha- and, it, and it took us to a place emotionally of a character that we've been following in this, in this Daniel Craig character of uh, portrayal of James Bond. It took us, to a, a, a place to where like we truly invested in this character mm-hmm. i mean like yes we've been watching james bond for years and years and years but like what this daniel craig era has has given us it's given us a cohesive universe a cohesive uh storyline yeah. and some continuity and it, it has given us different shades of the character it's given us mm-hmm. um something to relate to as well i mean like yeah. He's, he's just a man who has his issues and uh he he just wears a tuxedo all the time like that's his that's his thing man like but but that's yeah. what it gave us and they're complaining because these are not one-off missions of the week right yeah the way you you mentioned that like uh the mission of the week format i think um i, I you know and i obviously i'm a i'm also a big james bond fan um i mean sean connery is is still my number one um daniel craig's probably my second at this point i've really enjoyed this this well i've enjoyed most of these these movies i mean Casino Royale still is amazing like there's no yeah yeah but yeah and and what i what i say like apples apples to apples like comparing daniel craig's movies versus um like a roger moore or a uh um you know sean connery like all those different like no, they're not the same. They're not the same type of movie. And I think that's okay. I think what Daniel Craig and, and the, the, um, the ones who produced this movie, uh, these movies, this whole series of movies, uh, the directors, like everyone that, that brought this series of, of James Bond movies, what they, pro- I think what they produced was an excellent modern James Bond series. Right. Um, yeah. overall, like, and, and I'll, and I, and I use the word modern to like, obviously there's a lot of, of more, a lot of things more available to this, this day and age, as far as like action uh, sequences and movie making technology that, that just wasn't available in the past. But also I think people go to the movies, at the, you know, now to be moved, right. They go to the movies, like looking for an emotional experience, yeah. like attachment right. to, to feel something like attachment to characters, not just, uh, you know, to be entertained, but to like, to really feel um, right you know to feel the what's happening and so i think that that if that's the goal they accomplish that uh, now if the goal is just to have you know like you said you know cheesy humor and 
entertainment, um, you know, yeah. cool gadgets and a, and a, and a ladies man that, you know, takes his vodka martini shake and not stirred. Um, you know, we, we were given some of that, but not, not just that. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. Now they could swing back the other direction for the next series. Um, and that would be okay. Um, but I think I made the, the analogy to you um, the other night. I think to me, this kind of represents what, uh, what the dark Knight trilogy does for Batman compared to like uh, a Tim Burton Batman movie, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, obviously there's been obvious, you know, various different uh, types of, of Batman movies put out throughout the years and same with James Bond, different actors, different visions. Uh, but these, I felt like what they set out to accomplish uh, they, they did and they did really well. Um, so, you know, everyone that, that thinks this should have been, um, you know, kind of a mission of the week, like you mentioned, just kind of a um, cheesy standard, yeah, cheesy. Yeah. Um, obviously you didn't get that and sorry that you didn't get that. Maybe, maybe the next series or the next director's vision will, will be more in line yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it for what it yeah, was. And I remember while you were reading those reviews while we were driving back from the theater, like, uh, a f- like a majority of them are like, yeah, it was a good movie, but it wasn't a James Bond movie. And like, yeah. I don't see how they gathered that because like we got the gadgets, we got the villain, mm-hmm. right? We got the, the, the mm-hmm. girls, right? Like these are all things that are, are prominent in a James Bond movie. And like, they were there. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, yeah. what else they yeah. wanted. Like we got the humor, like the, the quick, like cheesy quips and all this kind of stuff. Like it was there um I, so i don't understand where they were going with their comments on that but uh I, I i fully believe that um these movies have evolved throughout time like so for like the, the from the first james bond when we were first introduced like whatever's going on and whatever's happening whether it's gadgets or technology or filming techniques and all that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. they've they've adapted to it as they've they've gone along and so why change that and movie viewing experience has changed in this Daniel uh, Craig era. Like uh, people yeah. are wanting the full experience. They're not just wanting to go to be entertained. They want to be, they, not only do they want to be entertained, but they want to feel something. They want to be invested in something. They want to have a relatable experience with the movies. And this, this really hits on all cylinders when it comes to that. And um, I mean, is it is it the franchise's fault that people are viewing movies this way now? I mean, no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's yeah. awesome the fact that they were able to make that adjustment and and move away from this like entertainment based slash like I mean kind of womanizing and uh, demeaning uh, character. I mean to a more in depth uh, character who has layers and you peel them back uh, through different movies. I mean, yeah. I'm glad they made that change. Yeah, yeah, I am as well. Um, and and you know, I'm I'm just as excited to see what happens next. Yes, um, you know, yes. whenever this next series, and if it's different from how this was, I I mean, personally, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, and and I kind of hope that it is like one of the things that's unique to me about James Bond, um, because obviously this is a um, a movie franchise that has spanned decades and decades and decades and has evolved. Like each, uh, each particular actor that takes on the mantle of James Bond brings a different element to the character, um, brings a different, you know, uh, swagger. Although obviously they, they all kind of, 
have played this like uh you know suave ladies man you know right yeah um, he's always witty he's always um you know you know just really in tune to the moment and, and uses you know obviously all those things are there uh but each actor brings a different different thing to the character and so um you know i'm i'm curious to see who who's next to to bring on you know to, to carry that that mantle forward um and i hope that they do a good job with it you know that's um that's 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 all you can really hope for yeah oh absolutely so like uh, closing out here like um i would yeah. love i would love to speculate on the direction on what you think is mm-hmm. going to happen like for myself real quick for myself i i want to go with a fresh face um yeah. I, wanna, yeah. I want somebody somebody new not like not like a big name star um to where mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta worry about like okay are we gonna get these every two years or do we have to wait until their schedule's free like i want I want a good mm-hmm. actor who is fresh faced and maybe this is like their they're coming out to Hollywood type of deal. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's right. That's where I stand. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, that's a good, that's a good point you make is now, obviously, um, the main kind of way that films are made, like if an actor gets famous, they're going to be in everything. So if you, you get an actor that's already well-known, they're probably going to have a lot of projects lined up. Um, so you never know when new stuff is going to come out. I'm looking at you, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, you know, Sherlock, um, give us Sherlock. Sherlock. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know how long I've been waiting now for a new season of Sherlock. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a fresh face could be good. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guys I think could play a really good James Bond. Um, but I really think the next move, you know, to really change the character is uh, give us a James Bond from America, you know, give us a nice uh, Southern, <laughs> oh, Southern James Bond. No, no, no. Wow. Um, yeah. No, or just have but, Chris, uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt's James Bond. Chris, he's Pratt. A, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, Chris Pratt. Oh, as Jay, yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, that's hilarious. He's in everything oh, right now. So why not just throw him in? He is in everything. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe he could be the next Felix. He could be the next oh, okay. uh, CIA yeah. you know, American representative. Sure. Um, yeah, no, th- <laughs> that is that is hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with you now that I'm thinking about like schedules and things like that. It could be cool to see a new face. Um, and and for if I remember correctly, like that's kind of Daniel Craig's story, right? Like I don't remember him being super popular when the first movie came out. When his now, first uh, uh, popular? No, you're right. Correct. You're not. Popular, no, but he he has been a lot of good stuff. Um, okay. Throughout, throughout his acting career, however, he was never that leading man. He was never that mm. standout. Yeah. Um, he was always like the side character who adds to the main character, or he uh, uh or he like played a minor villain or something along those lines. But mm-hmm. he definitely was pushed to the forefront as a leading man. And I mean, right. he, he gave us one of the, the greatest characters besides James Bond and then knives out. <laughs> he gave us the detective man, um, Benoit. Right. Like that was uh, amazing. So, um, yeah, we we definitely we definitely can see a career uh, like completely springboarded um, from James Bond. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with a fresh yeah. face, like commit to at least three movies, I feel like. Uh, I feel like three is a good number. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it may not play out that way. And but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm excited for the franchise moving forward. I do feel like um, they they did do the theme of like great movie 
uh, subpar movie, great movie, subpar movie, great movie for Daniel Craig. I really just hope they can find it, fine tune mm. that and give us a quality movie every single time. Like uh, the, the past, what the past two or three mission impossible movies have been like top notch. Um, the, obviously the last one fallout was like a tier above the rest, but still like, I feel like James Bond can, if they can fine tune it just a little bit and have that same quality throughout the entirety of their storytelling run, then I feel like yeah. this, this series can just go even further. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think you can only, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure that there's ways they could mess it up, uh, you know, oh, depending sure. on how <laughs> they decide to go, you know, but I mean, obviously, you know, movie making technologies and, and methods are always improving. Um, you know, it depends on who, you know, what studio or not studio, but what director gets their hands on it, what, uh, what actor they bring in. Um, you know, really will, will tell the tale of what, uh, what's going to come next. I will give one more, uh, one more review of Daniel Craig's, uh, run here of of 007 of James Bond the music has been incredible oh, i think man. every th- every theme has been really well done of course i i know they've they've gotten some some well-known musicians to make the the theme music i think this one might be my favorite with billy eilish um yeah i mean no time so, to die hurt yeah that was incredible so obviously this and movie this movie was supposed yeah, Hans Zimmer. He rocked at this freaking uh, movie for sure. Um, but yeah. I will say, like, this movie was scheduled to come out um, towards the end of 2019, and it, it got mm-hmm. pushed. It got pushed to 2020, and then pushed back to later in 2020, and then pushed back to early 2021, and then now here it is. Here we are, late uh, 2021. So that right. it got it got moved a lot. The song was released by Billie Eilish in 2019. I deliberately mm-hmm. made a conscious choice to not listen to that song until the movie played. So th- this, wow. was, this was my first first time hearing the song. And I really, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And especially with the the credits and the way they do the 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 storytelling, the storyboard or whatever uh, on the credits and the scenes. And it, it truly like the scenes were incredible. Uh, the animations and the. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. And it. It paired perfectly with the song and with the the feeling. Like we went a good, well, I don't know how many minutes into the movie before that that song started playing. Like uh, it was, yeah. it was, it was quite a while. So like I feel like it fit the tone of what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. And so I mean, <laughs> I think it, it, I think it started playing if I remember correctly. Like when she got on the train, right? Like that was correct. So yeah, that was that so was we, a long so we time. had the. Yeah, we had the the sequence of her as a child, and 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 what we find out is Rami Malek's character. We had that whole sequence, and then the like they're living their perfect life. Like, yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot stuff that, that happened. On. Yeah, leading so anyway, into yeah. the the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. So so the songs were great. I, I agree, hundred percent. And like, especially mm-hmm. this this individual movie. Like Hans Zimmer went on a whole other level with like his yes. score. Like I'm every, a huge Hans Zimmer yeah, fan. Yeah, oh, of oh course. he's goodness. in everything. How can you not be, man? Like he he yeah. literally like he he's the sound of like the last like three decades. Like it's insane. Yes. Um it's amazing. Um I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It is one of my favorite James Bond movies. Um I'm still I think I gotta yep. see it again to make the definitive favorite, like whether or not it's number one. But I will mm. say it it is up there for sure. Um yes all the haters out there they just need to go and choke on something i don't know <laughs> yeah like uh, look, here's the thing 
go watch it again and and don't be you know this like pompous like you know, don't go into it thinking oh well you know obviously it's not gonna be better than like you know, just watch it for what it is enjoy it for what it is and um but obviously again you know you know hopefully the the fans of the the Royal Geek Pod will will let us know if we're wrong. You know, you go see the movie and then just tell us that we're absolutely incorrect and and that we have no no purpose. Right. Reviewing exactly. Yeah, we should never these... <laughs> light a microphone up ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, please let us know if that's if that's the case. But yeah, I just couldn't believe after seeing that movie because I didn't read any reviews or anything beforehand. But uh, you know, leaving the movie theater, reading reviews, I was shocked at how many people didn't like the film it didn't like that movie i was shocked well i mean also i mean like yeah there were the few the people the reviews we read that did not like it but i mean this is still like high 80s on rotten tomato so like it's it's not it's not fully uh disliked but there is the the people who are extra critical are the ones that are claiming Mm. to be hardcore bond fans and so like that's right uh, that's a little that's a little uh unsettling to me because i do feel like this had every every bit of a james bond feel to it as uh, as mm. best I know, and I consider myself to be a hardcore Bond fan. Like, I mean, I ha- I literally have like the Bond fifty collection like it- mounted in my living room, <laughs> where like I show it off to the world. Like, that's it's oh, it's yeah. literally there for display. So that's um, awesome. So anyway, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Uh, yep. Tyler, I appreciate you uh, filling in here because uh, all the business that T-Roll and uh, Amato's mm. sickness. Uh, I'm just glad we were able to sit down and review this movie. I do want to go ahead and give a shout out to those guys and hopefully they'll see that movie soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, thanks for tuning in to this uh, episode of the Royal Geek Podcast. We really appreciate you. So uh, go ahead and go on to whatever you listen to this podcast at review it obviously uh apple allows that five star review so go ahead and hit us up there uh we would love to hear some feedback from you on our twitter page uh, at royal geek pod uh we appreciate you guys for listening and we will see you next time you peasants